0: Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies podcast with your hosts, Rocky Petrella and Dustin Church. Let's get to the show.
1: We're live.
0: (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. And I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host, Dustin Church, A.K.A. F.F. Lumpy Balls at Dynasty Junkie F.F. <laughs> Dustin's had a pretty busy uh, week this week. This is his third podcast he's doing in, in the last 48 hours. H- how you feeling going into podcast number three, Dustin?
1: I'm feeling really good. I wasn't expecting the F.F. Lumpy Balls. Um, <laughs> I kind of forgot about it. Um, if you guys haven't seen yet, go listen to The Open Bar. It'll explain everything. On where that kind of came <laughs> from, I do have a Twitter handle out there now at FF Lumpy Ball. So, just a, a <laughs> second Twitter handle out there, uh, it'll be more for fun. Uh, but it was inspired from the open bar. So, no, I'm, fe- I'm feeling good. It's been uh fun to make the rounds this week. I was uh, Trade Addicts on Monday, we did a covet episode, um, to kind of we both listened to the commission of possible and then. Um, Russ and I kind of talked through creating bylaws together and made a lot of changes. So it's a really good episode, not only for commissioners to listen to, just for anybody to listen to, um, to kind of talk about and think about what might need to happen in your leagues or what your commissioners may or may not be doing and, and advice and things like that. And then obviously open bar last night. Um, that was just fantastic. Uh, just chatting up with those guys. So I'm feeling good, you know, excited to, to get our show though. You know, this is the Holy grail of podcasts. So I'm excited to get this one going. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm
0: feeling good. It was a lot of fun doing that that open bar last night. We we popped our open bar cherry, so um, and had a lot of laughs and a lot of good knowledge was on there. Brian Har, uh, Ben E. B. from Dynasty Playbook. So if for some reason you're not listening to the open bar, go back and listen to that too. But um, we have another great guest this week. It's uh, Andrew Hall of Pro Football Network. Andrew, how are you doing?
2: Doing great. Glad to be here, guys. Looking forward to talking with you.
0: Yeah, really appreciate you coming on. And so we'll get right into our fantasy face-off this week, which is a little similar to last week. We're doing two running backs again, and they're back-to-back in ADP. Uh, Austin Eckler's at 28 in Superflex ADP, and Kenyon Drake is at 29. So those are the two guys. We, As always, we polled it before the show, uh, 750-some votes, and actually came out two to one, so a lot different. It's funny how sometimes these polls can go a lot different than ADP. But uh, Andrew, which one uh, would you prefer on your dynasty team? Are You looking for Eckler or Drake?
2: Well, I mean, PPR versus non tends to jump in the matter there, but I take Eckler either way. Honestly, I think he's just he's got a little bit more of a direct path to targets on that offense. Uh, I do like Drake. Don't get me wrong; I think Drake's in for a big year, and, and that offense obviously is going to take a step forward. But I just think Eckler is probably the more reliable of the two. I think he's got the, the longevity for the whole season. And and I think ADP being 28 and 29 seems low to me. Like, I'm probably looking at either of those guys in the second. I'm fine with that, you know, that late second round area. So I don't mind either one of them at 28, 29. I'll be honest. But I think Eckler, he gets a nod for me. It makes sense.
0: Yeah, he's definitely got the PPR floor. And um, Drake, I- I'm, I'm a little lower on Drake than most. I don't even know if I would take him at 29. I, I, I people I think think he's a little more per- prolific than he than he really was last year. Um, he was kind of up and down. He had the big first game. he ended the season big in between. I was looking at it. He had like nine points, 10 points, 14 points, seven points, something like that in regular PPR. So, and, and I think Edmonds will be more of a factor this year. He was, he was banged up a lot of the time. Drake was playing. Johnson was banged up. So uh, I, I've already professed my, my uh, love for Eckler on this pod and others. So Dustin, you going to make it three for three. You go Eckler.
1: Oh yeah, pretty easily. And I think one big, one big, uh, Reason pointing towards Eckler is he's he's under contract, you know. Drake's on just he signed the transition tag this year and he's playing just on a 10 million dollar one year, but who knows what happens after after the season. So Eckler, like, and there's no other competition behind Eckler, like it's Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson. Like, now don't get me wrong, I like Joshua Kelly, and I think he's going to see a decent amount of touches because I don't think Eckler is just gonna get the lion's share of it, but either way he's still going to be there for at least two seasons. They don't have um, an out for two years there, but even then his cap hit is like what 8 million in the third year. So, you know, he's he's a cheap cheap running back. He's going to stay there and he seems super motivated. Like if you see him out there, he's there trying to prove all his doubters wrong. Like and he's just uber talented and like even before Melvin Gordon left, like he was still startable as a flex asset so he's gonna find ways to keep value and you know drake we've only seen a couple games from drake and you know i love Edmonds. like i had some guy offering me amari cooper yesterday and i was like nope Edmonds was the sticking point i did not want (laughs) to give up chase Edmonds. um i just think he's going to be more involved than people are thinking and yeah so i i it's easily eclair for me the the two to one on twitter the twitter poll uh made perfect sense it's it's pretty far off for me
0: I, I agree, but do either, do either of you have any concerns about the quarterback switch since Rivers was definitely known to, to dump off his, to his backs?
2: That's actually what I was going to jump into. is Terod Taylor, I don't know if he's as much of a dump-off machine as Rivers was. I think Terod's probably more likely to run out of the backfield if he scrambles. He's not looking for a pass. He's looking for a run. Uh, I do think that's uh, maybe one little negative on Eckler. And then to kind of hit on Drake a little, I mean, Edmonds isn't as much of a competition as David Johnson was. So I do think it's that's Drake's backfield now. And I think that's partially why I like him more maybe than both of you. I don't like him more than Eckler, but I like him more than some, just because I think he's going to get, you know, 70% of those touches out of the backfield. And that kind of workload just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, I do think Eckler is going to get about the same, but I do like his ability to catch and they're going to design plays for Eckler that, you know, I think they just signed him to a contract and everything. So he's got nothing but, you know, pride for that team. He wants to go out there and play. So I do think Eckler is going to be, Similar to last year's numbers, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's a little lower just because of that quarterback change.
0: Yeah, and if Drake does get a uh, that much of the workload, the the Cardinals have that very fast-paced offense. I think they ran one of the most plays in the league with the with Kingsbury's offense. So, uh, that could lead to uh, just just so much volume if he gets that that much of the percentage of the workload.
1: Exactly. Uh, I mean, so I'm I'm looking at at when Lashawn McCoy was with Tyrod in Buffalo, and he had. You know, he had a season with 77 targets, uh, 59 targets. So like he was still getting targets out of the the backfield with, with Tyrod in Buffalo. And I, I think Eckhart a better pass catcher than than shady was um, now that Buffalo offense didn't have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, but I think Tyrod can dump it off to, to the running back. I just, I don't think we saw it. We haven't really seen him play much since Buffalo. Like he played a couple games in, in, in Cleveland, but that, that was it so i'm not too worried about the the quarterback change like they're listing him as an offensive weapon and they're gonna find ways to get him the ball and manufacture touches for him like they gave him a four-year extension with 25 million like that's not nothing for a running back so they're gonna find ways to use him in the game and i I don't know that tyrod can get the ball down the field to mike williams and to keenan allen so like he may have to rely on on Eckler. Yeah, that's a great point. I was just going to say that, um, and then you pretty much said it: is that
0: they they gave you mentioned the extension, and they're going to find ways to use them, you know, intentionally, whether Tyrod's dumping on dumping it off or not. And uh, he he may get a, he's probably going to get a larger percentage of the workload than he a rushing workload than than he did last year once
2: Gordon came back. Well, but we'll I- move
0: on. I'm sorry. Well, Andrew, just one, you...
2: one last thing I wanted to mention, and just to kind of hit on your po- point there, Dustin. I mean, if he gets, let's say, he gets 75 targets, he got 108 targets last year. Eckler did, so that is a drop off, right? I mean, like as much as we want to say, Tarad does doesn't mind passing. That's a 25 percent drop off in targets. That's that's substantial. So I mean, he's not Rivers. He does throw the ball to the, out of the backfield, and they will use him as an offensive weapon. But he's not going to be the focal point of that offense any anymore. I don't think. Just my opinion, I guess.
1: No, interesting. Trev- yeah. That's a good point to bring up. Like a twenty five percent like drop in targets, like that. That's that's, that's substantial. Yeah, yeah. So um, it'll be interesting. I still think like I don't know. I I just we've only seen a couple games from Drake, and even before. And I think that that's where I'm at. I I think I I, I actually do like Drake quite a bit, and I would be more on him in redraft than than dynasty. But in, in dynasty, I still. I, I'm pretty easily Eckler over just because of the, the long term of it, but I can, I can understand the other side of it. Like that offense will probably be better in Arizona. It's going to create more opportunities. And so like if Drake does half of what he did at the end of the season, then, you know, he's a running back one pretty easy. Yeah,
2: granted Drake played for two different teams, but for the season, he had 68 targets on hole. I mean, you know, I don't know his splits with Arizona off the top of my head here, but I mean, that's going to go up for the year. So as a fantasy output, it's going to go up, I would think, but you know, that's, we're speculating at this point and trying to pick how an offense is going to work without preseason. That seems like a really good strategy to me. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and yeah, I think like there's a good point you made, Dustin. Is that if, if Drake if Drake could sign an extension this offseason, I think we'd be looking at him a little bit differently too. We we know Eckler's there for the long term, and they want to use them. And we know what what is si- we have situational certainty uh, on on Eckler. So, um, <laughs> but we'll move on now to our commissioner corner. Commissioner corner. And Andrew's going to take the lead a little bit here because uh, the topic we came up with this week is uh, something. And I, this is the the term that he uses for the league he commissions. I, I don't know of any other league like this. So I'm just going to use that term as well. It's called the multiverse leagues. Um, and it, rather than me even try to explain it, I'm going to let Andrew do it because it's, it's a little involved. But it, it, what do you explain the multiverse leagues?
2: Sure thing, yeah. So uh, as far as I've been told, as far as I understand, the multiverse started, I think, last year. Uh, Mike Risher and the guys at FF Astronauts decided to kind of go outside the box and try something different. Uh, so they started what's called Multiverse 1-2. And then this, well, yeah, this current January, this current season, uh, one, Shane Barrett from from Astronauts and myself are co-commissioning Multiverse 3-4. And so what it really is, is it's two simultaneous leagues. Instead of a a 24-team-2 copy it's a 12 team single league duplicated. So you don't have the same draft position in both drafts, you don't have the same team in both drafts, right? The idea behind it is Multiverse 3, you have your own separate like just your own dynasty league. It's got the same same roster configuration as Multiverse 4. It's an entirely separate league. So the idea kind of came out of the mindset of, "Well, I really wish I could trade my one guy in this league where I have a lot of wide receivers for this other guy in this other league where I need running backs." that was kind of the idea and they said well obviously i'm not going to be able to trade to make that even the guy that i'm trading with is going to have to be in both leagues right cuz no one's going to give that up no one's going to like i'm going to be you know on the bad side of this trade and the terrific side of this trade that doesn't make any sense so then the idea was well if the guys got to be the other trading partners got to be in both leagues well then in theory all 12 owners have to be in both leagues so what they are is they're just simultaneous leagues that run alongside each other and it gives you twice as many assets to trade now, when we started the draft and everything, we, we kind of randomized the draft order. So it was one to 12 and then reverse order from multiverse three and four. So there, that way you don't always get the 12th spot. You're not always picking out of the same hole. In theory, then, in, in almost every team is drastically different. So some leagues or some teams in multiverse three might have decided to kind of punt this year because they just didn't get the draft pick they wanted or you know, they were able to trade for more future assets or give up a lot to get Lamar Miller in the other, or Lamar Jackson, I should say, in the other league. And so it kind of, it allows you to build your team as if you've got one contender and one rebuilding, or you can try to build them both contending or try to build them both rebuilding. I mean, it kind of gives you a little bit more flexibility. Um, And I know during the draft, there were tons of trades for future picks. And I mean, it was just so much more activity because everybody's got more assets to trade. So that was kind of the, the reason I wanted in, is I said, well, if I trade a lot in one league, and I think I like to think I do, uh, I am an addict and is, you know, definitely not afraid of that. But at the same time, if I have two teams where I can move assets across, uh, that makes it twice as exciting for me to trade and twice as tricky, I guess, to come up with trades. Because now you can look at things a little outside the box and you might lose a trade in one league, but win a trade in the other. And it kind of balances out to make your teams whatever you want them to be.
0: And I'm, I'm really curious to get Dustin's thoughts Cause this is the first time I think he's really here. I explained it to him a little um, earlier this week, but I think you did a better job of explaining it than I did. So I'm curious what Dustin's thoughts are now that he's kind of heard a full explanation. Cause I, I'm in the league that Andrew Cook commissions That's why I let Andrew take the lead. But Dustin, what do you, what do you think of this?
1: Well, first of all, I'm, you know, I'm looking for an opening. So if there <laughs> is an opening, like, let me know. Uh, it just sounds super interesting. It, So is there a lot of act like does this promote activity like because I'm like so I'm super active in like all of my leagues like probably too much. I tinker too much and that's a whole nother topic. We all do. But is 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 there does this have you seen it promote activity like with owners?
2: I mean, I'll say I think Rocky can say this too. Like there were. Tons of trades in the draft, tons of trades between the drafts, t- tons of trades right after the draft. I mean, it was and we everything did was nuts. rookie
0: draft, and, yep. and there was a ton of trades in there, too, I think.
2: Yep. So it's a startup. And so if, if I got pick one in the startup MV3, I was 12 in startup MV4. And then in the rookie draft, because I was one in MV3, I get 12 in rookie MV3. And then I get one in rookie <laughs> MV4. So there was a whole lot of that where you just have to constantly keep your brain focused on what you're doing. Uh, and kind of I, I know I used like a like a couple different Excel sheets to try to keep track of everything because it just gets out of hand really fast. Uh, and I know I think, Rocky, you were one of the people that was trading away a lot of your rookie picks, if I recall. Right. Uh, uh, I think in one of them I did. And in the other one, right. I think I had a few. Yeah, I think but that's I what I mean. Like you decided one, yeah. in this league, I'm going to get rid of some of that future assets and try to win now or you know, build a team to win now in the other league. I'm going to try to collect them. And I know that there are a whole bunch that that in my mind that adds to the the amount of. Activity in general, because you've got so many more things going on. It, it really makes it tricky. I will say, though, over the past maybe like two months, I'm mean, kind of with COVID and everything kind of not there hasn't been a lot of action. But to me, yeah. that's sort of common for a lot of my leagues already. And then when you add that extra layer of having two different leagues, it makes it almost like more intimidating to really put something together as unknown as everything is, because I think at this point, we've all traded, I'd say we all probably traded 20 times each, and we've all kind of got our teams where I want. But there hasn't really been a lot of news worthy to make new things happen, you know, to make new values occur. So we're all kind of just sitting with what we've done and traded already and are just waiting for the season to kick off to kind of get back going in it. But I do think, to kind of get back to your point, I do think it will promote a lot more activity and a lot more staying on top of it because you can't just half-ass this one. There's two leagues you're in for the price of one. It's a whole different world.
0: And I think that's pretty common post startup and rookie drafts in a new league that like you said, you kind of get your team where you want through the startup and trading in the rookie draft. And then a lot of times you don't see a lot of trades until, till the the season starts in a startup. And the, probably the best way to go in this thing might be to lean towards one. I'm trying to win in both. I did, I think give away more rookie picks in one than the other. And oddly enough, Dustin will, Dustin will think this is pretty funny. Anybody listens to the pot. I actually own Lamar Jackson in both of them, which is so not me. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I, I'm trying to win in both. I, I have a pretty good team in both, but we'll see how that works. I think I kind of think that trying to win in both might not be the best strategy, and you, you might end up not having enough in either. Because if someone sells out uh, t- to win in one of the leagues and just is willing to totally go punt near one in the other league that they could get really stacked. I, and I also think I tended to, I wasn't as good as combining the, the, uh, the two leagues and trades. A lot of my trades were mostly confined to assets from the one league. I did throw in uh, some others. I think especially with uh, uh, rookie picks and things like that, like you said, but
1: it's very interesting.
0: Um, any other thoughts,
1: Dustin? Yeah, I think that's the, the part that I'm the most intrigued with is being able to cross cross league trade, basically, like on, like, obviously you can't trade with your other team because everybody would do that. And then that's stupid. (laughs) Right. But like, it would be, I just think that would be really interesting and add a whole nother dynamic that like, I'm trying to just process like how, like, I'm super intrigued. And I think that would be awesome to like, figure out, but like, there's so much strategy involved in it. And that's what I love about like, like, as this game of dynasty keeps evolving like new ways to play the game. And that's what, that's what really intrigues me about it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Like if there is another opening at some point, like I'm hundred percent in just because like, I love to try new things. Not only because like, I just like to grow my, like my experience, but I also commission leagues. And like, if that's something like, you know, that I wanted to do in the future, just to know about it, like that, that's awesome. Like I, I think that'd be a lot of a lot of fun. And I'm I'm really interested. I'm really curious that like Rocky didn't trade his rookie picks in one of them because like I've n- I never see him make any rookie picks in any leagues, very, very rarely. <laughs> um, I've I've never seen him actually collect picks except once and then he traded them all away doing the house challenge. That's a whole nother topic.
2: But yeah, yeah. it's so early. We got the whole season because that's the other thing I think that we we tend to, I know, I keep this in mind, too, is that you don't want to trade everything. Right. So sometimes I'll hold on to some rookie picks just as throw ins down the season. But I mean, to get back to Rocky's point, I'm always in win now mode. Right. I don't know anybody that does a startup with the idea to punt the first year. Right. So everybody, I think all 12 teams in both (laughs) leagues. Okay, maybe maybe you, Dustin, but the point I'm getting is very rarely does that happen, especially in a league like this, but it does open that door more when you've got potentially one team to win now and you can make the other team kind of more dominant in the future. So I know that there were a lot of people trading for rookie picks in one league and trading them away in the other. And the thing that I'll kind of maybe wrap this up on this, but the values across the leagues are different too. Right. Cause you might actually like Lamar Jackson, for instance, is valued pretty much the same because he's a top guy player and he's got, he's going to carry a lot of weight to him. But some of those like lower level or mid tier guys, like for instance, Chase Edmonds, if I've got five running backs in one league and only have two in the other, my value of Chase Edmonds in the one league where I have a lot of running backs is lower than the value of Chase Edmonds in the league where I need running backs. So it really does change the values a lot in those mid tier and kind of depth pieces, which is what I really liked about it. It makes it so it's not apples to apples and every team after the startup. You could kind of get the idea of, well, OK, well, this guy's going heavy running back. This guy's going heavy receiver. He's going to need running back. So I'm going to take one and see if I can trade because everybody in that league is trying to trade with each other. At least we were, of course, during the startup and everything. But I think that's going to come back around once the season kicks off. You're going to start to see teams that kind of fall out of it in one or the other and then try to rebuild in week three and just start. Saying, all right, give me the picks. And they're going to start making moves and, and doing all that again because they don't have to do that in both. Maybe they feel good about one team. But I mean, I'm kind of with Rocky. I want to win them both. Right. I think that's where I'm at right now. Give me, I want to win both multiverse. I think that'd be (laughs) awesome, but already very hard to do.
1: So you have, so it's one payout for both leagues or one buy-in, but you do two separate payouts basically. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. That's, yeah, what, it's, that's it's, what I, that's what I assumed.
2: It's like a cheap league winner take all kind of a thing. It's not really for money. Cause there's so much involved. It seems like that'd be kind of mean. Uh, so I think we did like a $10 buy-in, which is five for each league kind of a thing. And just sort of say, you know, winner gets the whole pot. If I recall something like that. I mean, it's again, we're not, we're not, we're new at this too, right? We're not experts at this format. So all of us were just wanting to try it out and having a couple bucks on it helps because it it makes it worth winning. But it's not like, you know, I'm not going to lose a mortgage payment if I screw up a trade, you know, it kind of gives you a little bit of flexibility that way.
1: Yeah. Like I I love the the challenge of rebuild. So like, I'm like, yes, I could like go contend and rebuild at the same time. Like I love (laughs) doing that. And it's the same guys. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That just sounds super like, awesome to me. Like I just, I love going through a rebuild. Like it, there, there's a challenge to it, but it can be super rewarding. Um, so I, I think that would be awesome to be able to do both at the same time.
2: Yeah. Last year I took over an orphan safe leagues team and rebuilt it in one year and won the championship. So I was like, nice. that was not what I expected, but I actually wrote uh, two articles. I kind of split it up for, for PFN kind of, di- kind of going through that dynasty orphan rebuild. And it was all together 23 different trades. I got very lucky. Right. I mean, as you always do when you win a title, you, you have to pat yourself on the back for doing good work. But then you also have to go. Well, someone above was looking out, too, because I got lucky that this player didn't play or this guy went off. I mean, but I, I thought it was amazing to go from, you know, an orphan team that was abandoned and had really bad players to kind of grind through the offseason and, and pick up as much as I could and ended up with, with Christian McCaffrey, which, again, that helped. Right. I mean, anybody with Christian McCaffrey is going to have a chance. But then after the season, I traded him away and I'm kind of going a different direction with it. And I traded him away in a trade for Miles Sanders, who we'll get into in a minute. Um, but, yeah, I love doing that kind of stuff. Like, And so in this league, too, you can literally I could tra- I could decide right now, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to rebuild this one and just blow it up. Why not? It's a little league and I can still beat those guys in that other league. So I'm fine. Yeah, yeah I'm,
1: I, I'm super interested just to like. I, I, so i'm a big proponent of the productive struggle like i trade back if it's available i trade back in all my in all my drafts to try to pick it up as many picks but it'd be awesome to like go all out in one league win that year and then i have all these picks in the other league and then like win both of them back to back like on each side yeah. like if i yeah. could make that happen that would be like i would feel pretty awesome so in
2: my head too it just counts as one league so it's not you know i don't have to get into those crazy numbers but like it's only one so you know it's only one league it's just a yeah. big one yeah, there you go. Yeah. I was
0: I was lucky enough just to, earlier in the non-point scoring season to see them tweet out about this. I'd never heard of anything like it. I was like, I got to throw my hat in the ring to see if I can get in this league. They did. They invited me in, and it's it's really been interesting. It's a, it's a whole different kind of level of strategy, having to, to manage the two sets of assets at once. Um, so everybody, go go put together your own multiverse league and start making it become a thing because it definitely is
1: very interesting. If anyone's out there to starting too. one, let like, let me know and I'll <laughs> jump in. I don't want to I don't want to run my own yet, but if <laughs> anybody's starting one, hit me up. Dynasty well, say, FF on Twitter.
2: There you go. I'll say this too: if you guys need help with it or have questions, obviously you can reach out to me as well. And I know Mike Richer has been in ours and Shane uh, FF Shane B and and obviously myself. We can all answer questions, and we're all you know I'm very happy to be a part of it and just you know want to help the, the whole community and get more of these around. It could be fun. Am I
1: starting? Am I starting a new league now? Am I starting a new one? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay, so now we'll move on to our main portion, the dynasty strategy portion of the show. Dynasty strategy this week, and and probably it's going to bleed into next week because we got a lot of them. Is we're doing it's not the we're not the first uh, pod to ever do it, and we won't be the last, but we're doing a bold predictions for 2020 episode. And rather, we're going to give our own, uh, both of us and Andrew. Um, but rather than just do that, we also solicited uh, bowl predictions from some fantasy football analysts um, in the, you know, in the Twitterverse, in the, in, and doing their own podcasts and things like that. A lot of them former guests of our show, actually. Um, so not just ours, but we're also going to take some from them and, and see, you know, what we think of their bowl predictions. Some of them are bolder than others. I think think some of these guys were uh, a little hesitant to go a bit too bold. But um, first, we're going to get into what I wanted to do is uh, there was, strangely enough, a lot that involved quarterbacks. So I'm kind of going to group the quarterback ones together. Uh, So, Andrew, yours yours, yours will come a little later because yours is one of the few that's non-quarterback centric. But um, I'll go with Mayan first because actually me and Dustin both came up with quarterback ones as well. And, and this is a super flex-oriented show, so we do care about quarterbacks. And my bold prediction was that Teddy Bridgewater will finish as a top-eight QB. Now, <laughs> I specifically picked that number uh, because generally the top five, six, seven guys, you need some rushing for, and then you start getting into... You can maybe get into the guys who are, who are doing it passing. Uh, I've talked about that. I think it was just last week, either week or two weeks ago. We talked about Teddy. Everyone knows my love for DJ Moore. Obviously he's got CMC and uh, the weapons around him are just fantastic. Those two Samuel is a very good third option. Robbie Anderson is a very good fourth option. He's got Ian Thomas at tight end and, as I've said before, I love the rule and Joe Brady hires. I think that's going to work wonders. The only issue for me that that could prevent this from coming true is the uh, the whole new, you know, that it is a new coaching staff and Teddy is new to Carolina. Sometimes that adjustment can be a bit, but I also expect them, as we've said before, to have one of the worst defenses in the league, which is going to help volume a lot. So. Uh, it it is it is bold, which is the point of the point of doing these. But I definitely think it's within his range of possibilities. Uh, and like I said, I, I wouldn't go any higher than eight, just because there is no rushing for there. Uh, and I just like I said, I especially the Joe Brady hire is something I've been saying all offseason that I love. So Andrew, what is your take on my bold prediction?
2: Well, that's bold. That is bold. <laughs> I don't I don't hate it. I think with the the offensive weapons around Bridgewater, it's definitely possible. Um, I, I want to say that's kind of where maybe I would put his ceiling, but that, that doesn't make it wrong, right? It makes it bold. It, you, you're saying he's going to do as good as he well as well as he can. I, I like that.
0: Right, um, and I think with these bold predictions. That one of the things that is the point of doing a show like this is more just to even I you know chances are he's not going to be QB eight, but it's more to emphasize these are the guys we you know I really like or I'm really down on that kind of thing. But I, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Continue.
2: Well, no, I, I think that's that I like that aiming for the ceiling and saying like, this is I think this is as good as he can do. And QB eight's pretty good. I mean, that's that's solid. I mean, his ADP is not that right. I mean, his ADP yeah. is probably 20, 25, if I had to guess, on quarterbacks. So I don't think it's a bad idea. And like I said, with the offensive weapons around him, I mean, like I was just talking about Christian McCaffrey. That guy's a game changer, right? He can take a wheel route and go all the way to the house. Um, you've also got, they just added Robbie Anderson. You still got Curtis Samuel, you've still got DJ Moore. I think Ian Thomas is coming along. So, I mean, that offense as a whole looks good and I think rules going to know how to use them. So I do think it's a, I mean, again, it's a very possible pick. I've been pretty high on Bridgewater myself. I've been trying to grab him. And uh, pretty much any Superflex league that I can get him for the right price because quarterbacks are a premium in those anyway. But I'm kind of with you. I think he's he's kind of going under the radar a little. I don't want to say I think he'll be QB8, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's a QB1, right, or QB12 or higher. I think that's, that's definitely in his range of possibilities, given the other guys on the field. So, yeah, I mean, give me Bridgewater over, I don't know, some of those other guys like – uh Drew Locke, right? Like, ugh, just, he, he bugs me. Sam Darnold, seeing ghosts. Like, I might hit, I like Bridgewater over some of those guys in that middle tier. Uh, even guys like Roethlisberger, who might only have one good game left in his arm, right? You never know. So there's a whole bunch of other question marks after you get outside the top 12. Why not Bridgewater?
0: Yeah, and I think he's going, like you said, ridiculously under the radar. I just looked it up while you were talking. He's QB 26 in July ADP. Okay. I, I think there's no way he doesn't,
1: he doesn't return on investment at a QB twenty six. Hundred uh, percent. All right, Rocky. So I got a quick question for you. So you have him top eight. Who are you bumping out?
0: Uh, from it's ADP? So
1: I'm I'm just going off of rankings right now on DLF rankings because ADP, like, you know, well, they're they're basically the same in what I was looking. But so I'm going to give you a list. Uh, obviously not Mahomes, Lamar, Dak, Kyler, Deshaun, Russell. And then Allen and Wentz. So uh, Kyler, Deshaun, Russell,
0: and Wentz. I have to bump one of them out. And then Josh Allen. I'll take him over Josh Allen. The Josh Allen uh, people people love him because of the rushing. And and I heard someone point point this out as a positive that uh, he's how many TDs he scored over the last two years. To me, uh, he's so due for TD regression. No. I don't think any quarterback in history, he's had had three, uh, eight touchdown seasons in a row. And I think he's got like eight and 10, the last two seasons. Uh, And I think Moss will affect that. So I could definitely bump out Allen. I hate to say it. I could see bumping out Wentz uh, just because, you know, his weapons are still a little iffy. So uh, I could definitely see him finishing over either of those two. Uh, Even, even who we'll get into in a second, uh, Russ, Russell Wilson, Uh, You know, they got the they they often lean on the rushing game and uh, they don't let him loose the way we want him to sometimes. So he's another one I think would be a possibility. But he also has the rushing, uh, you know, upside as well. So that that would make it a little tougher. Um, And and Allen does. But I just see regression from Allen in the rushing department just because he's been so good there. And I don't think he's going to keep up the touchdowns.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Okay. So we'll move on to
1: yours, Dustin.
0: Um, <laughs> which is yeah, so, yeah. Yeah so, you, my, no, you it,
2: yeah.
1: so I want to give a shout out to a uh, Scott at, at bell Cow back on Twitter. He posted this yesterday and this is actually somewhat what I was thinking. Um, so Russell Wilson right now is plus 500 to pass for 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns in 2020. He's done each of them, but never in the same season. Um, if you listen to the last couple episodes and when I talked about an open bar last night and we see the hashtag going around of let Russell cook. I actually think this is finally the year that Seattle is going to do it. And I know they've been relying on the running game and they'll continue to do that. But if you look at, they always say, I always say, follow, follow the coach's actions and what they're doing. And right now, Seattle has been tied to every free agent wide receiver out there because they want to add more weapons for Russell Wilson. Like, they have DK and Lockett. That's great. They went and signed Dorsett, which Dorsett, like, he's a good complimentary piece, but they're they're in on Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown. They added Greg Olson, who... Yeah, Greg Olson will be good for, I think, this year. Like, he's still a pass-catching tight end because we drafted a tight end. Like, so I, I'm following what the actions of the team are doing. And, you know, we don't have a strong running game. Carson, like, he's always banged up. He He tries to take on hits. Like, I'm not... Yes, Car- Carl's head was a 1000-yard rusher last year, but like he's just going to be a complementary piece like we don't have anybody else there. So I think that I I really do think that like this is going to be the year that they let Russell Cook and like he wants that. He wants to go out there and show everybody th- that and yeah, so that that's my that's my take. I think Russell's going to go for 4000 yards and 35 touchdowns this year.
2: I mean, that, yeah. that's pretty bold, but I don't hate it. Right. Like you said, he's done both, just not in the same year. Um, and I
1: actually, so I hate to interrupt you guys. So I literally sent an offer right before this podcast and it just got accepted and had Russell Wilson in it. So I traded Jimmy Garoppolo and Michael Thomas ooh. for Tyreek, for Tyreek Hill and Russell Wilson.
2: I love that trade.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Russell over Jimmy Garoppolo is, is huge. Tyreek Tyre- yep. and Michael Thomas, like, yeah, right Tyreek's yeah.
0: like wide receiver two, three, basically. And you, so, so, you downgraded from wide receiver one to maybe wide receiver three and majorly oh. upgraded a quarterback.
1: He just dm me saying he didn't mean to accept it.
0: <laughs> <Damn> it. Oh,
2: <laughs> classic. No. Click the too, wrong button. Too,
1: too bad. Oh, I got so excited. Oh, okay. Anyways, there's no
2: worse feeling. There's no worse feeling. I've been there. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, But back to your take uh, of Russell Wilson, 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns. I I do think there's a possibility there. But I mean, you're, I'm guessing anyway, kind of a Seattle fan. Who is their third receiver?
1: Right now it's door Josh but, Gordon, um, sure.
2: Exactly. <laughs> this is like a no, replacer. Right. I, I, th-
1: I think they're gonna go get a, a receiver. Like I, I, I think they're they're not gonna go in with just the two. Like they're gonna I they're they're tied, they're trying to find other receivers out there. Um, you know, I what I uh, what I think might sneakily happen is that they sign Josh Gordon for the first eight games, then he gets suspended, and then hey, Antonio Brown's here. Like, like that's a Seattle thing to do. Um, and
2: I, I was going to bring that up too. I was like, I bet they they sign Gordon and then wait till week six, and Gordon's having issues again, and then they sign Brown right as he's coming up. I was thinking the same thought. I also wanted to say this too, though. I think Russell Wilson, obviously the four thousand passing yards. Do you still see him rushing as much as he's been? Because if he's going to throw for four thousand yards, most likely to two and let's say. Uh, two and a half receivers. Each of those receivers, you got Metcalf, Metcalf and Lockett both getting what twelve hundred yards. I mean, is there any? Are there any yards left for him to run on his own and gain points? Because I mean, that's a lot of what his fantasy value is kind of baked into. So, do you see him rushing as much if he's going to throw that much? I
1: I don't think that they want to have him ru- like he's it's he's thirty one, going up thirty two. Like, and I know I know it's not always up to him, but I think that. Like well, he's I was saying it's not up for to Carroll, right?
2: If he wants to run, he's gonna run. I mean, like he's the kind of guy that I don't think he ever stops running because he's afraid coach says no. I mean, I just don't think they're designing runs for him.
1: No, I mean, no, I, I I agree with that. I just I think that you know he's been it, he's been asking for weapons, so they're like, okay, you know, if we give you weapons, maybe we'll be able to protect our investment, not have you run as much. Like I I I just think that like he's been asking for it, and we don't have really much else. So that I think that I I think that he won't be relying as on rushing anymore. He's a, he's a smart player. He only rushes when he has to. I don't think he wants to run. And he's he great at, do at,
0: not, at, at avoiding contact when he does do, do, do it, you know, the scrambles out of the pocket.
2: Well, even just that threat gets the linebacker to come down and opens up guys. So, I mean, he doesn't really have to run as much as just look like he's going to. Sometimes it's yep. all it takes for him. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think it's a fine take.
0: Okay, get into another one of our quarterback ones. Uh, I, I apologize ahead of time, Jay Mike, but I think this is one of our less bold ones. Um, but this is one that Jay Mike gave to us, uh, which was that Matt Ryan will be top five this year. Um, I, I actually think that is pretty likely. Um, maybe not likely, but... Definitely more possible than some of the other things we've already said. Uh, you know, he's got he's got pretty good weapons in the passing game. Does have Gurley there um, to to take up some of the rushing workload, but he's also probably going to be used a lot out of the backfield. And their defense still is not that great, so it's another issue where they could definitely be passing a lot. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on it, uh, Andrew?
2: I, yeah, I'm with you. I think I wouldn't say it's likely, but it's definitely possible. Right. I, I wouldn't be shocked if at the end of the year, I mean, well, this is an even numbered year, right? So Matt Ryan's due for a great output. That's pretty much the, the game plan here. Uh, I also think that you're exactly right about Gurley. I mean, I think Gurley got underutilized last year. And I think that the the change of scenery and kind of back to his hometown too, if I recall, like he's from Atlanta, or he's from the Georgia area. I think that's going to put a whole bunch of new life in him. And I think you're going to see a whole different Todd Gurley. You may even see like that older version of Todd Gurley where you know, before his knee issues and all that, where he starts catching, you know, 80 balls out of the backfield or something crazy, and all of that's going to help Matt Ryan. I also think, and we've I've talked about this on some other podcasts, and I know other people at, at PFN even have talked about it, but I think Russell Gage is a sleepy start too. I think there's a lot of potential with him kind of coming into the game and and maybe being that good slot middle guy uh, to give Ridley and Julio some time outside to get open. So, yeah, I, I definitely think, uh, think Matt Ryan's got some very, very high potential for finishing in the top five.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm obviously buying in because this is what Matt Ryan does. Like, you know, every, every, like you, you already said it, like, you know, those even years, he's, he's top five, usually top two or three in those seasons. And their defense is, is horrible. Like they're going to be passing. Um, I am a little worried about like the Hooper to Hurst. I don't know if it was Hooper hey. that was super talented and, or if it was Matt Ryan that elevated Cooper because he likes the tight end, um,
2: or is it just game plan dependent and it doesn't matter who's in there, right? Yeah, I mean, that so that too. So yeah,
1: so like we haven't really seen Hurst like be the guy at tight end, so I don't know like what that's going to do for for Matt Ryan and his production. But I do like your call of uh, Russell Gage, and I somewhat also sneakily like La- 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 Laquan Treadwell there. He he signed there this year, and he's still young that I think he could have the breakout like or not like breakout breakout like Devontae Parker had but like uh, yeah. be, be serviceable and and be a guy that it will help Matt Ryan like we're never going to start him fantasy wise but I think like just having more potential on the field is going to help Matt Ryan um I think Gurley I uh, see I'm worried about the running back situation as well cuz outside of Gurley they they have nobody like right
2: but well, that could help the passing game too. If Gurley does go yeah, down, of he's he's an exactly. injury risk. If he goes down in week two, they're going to rely on Brian Hill and Edo Smith. Now they're going to be throwing that ball, and uh, I mean course, it, it only, yeah. that only helps him. So I think either way, I mean there aren't a whole lot of options outside of Ryan getting hurt or Julio getting hurt. God forbid, like outside of those big guys going down. I think no matter what, they're going to be airing that ball out. They're going to be down thirty-five to twelve and stuff, and have to kind of you know scrape together some numbers. So I'm kind of right there with you. I don't mind that take. I think j mike's kind of trying to to get a little bit on the top five okay that's pretty easy but if that hot take was like top three top two that's much hotter and that's not something i don't know if i can get behind but top five makes sense
1: so we've already now elevated matt ryan into the top five we've elevated teddy bridgewater into the top eight like so we're moving guys up and russ is getting 4035 so i think he's up there too he was he's already he's already in the top top eight though. Yeah. so like we're, we're we're fine with that like okay. i'm not you know so you're up. saying yours wasn't that bold then i mean it <laughs> is like i think if you put that up you would be you'd be up in like two or three you know um but yeah okay we'll do
0: one more quarterback one and then i do want to get to andrews but even though we have some more quarterback ones after that but uh since he brought him up earlier i'm, I'm definitely interested to get andrews take on this one which is from Stompy. and it's no surprise. Uh, he's been touting him all off season that Drew Luck will be a top ten QB. So, so now we're we're putting someone else in the top ten. So, uh, Andrew, what, are you, what did you? What's your take on that?
2: Well, I, I'll I'll start with this. I don't. This is by no means offense to Stompy and his take. I think that he's he's got a little homerism to him there. But I I love Drew Luck as a second quarterback in Dynasty. Uh, and Superflex, I think he's a prime second quarterback option because he does have a ceiling with the way that offense is shaping up. I really think this take is going to rely on Jerry Judy if he steps on the field and, and is kind of a dominant force right out of the gate. I think then you've got a chance. I mean, obviously you got Sutton, you got Deshaun Hamilton still there. You got Tim Patrick and some other depth pieces. Uh, I, I do think Melvin Gordon out of the backfield should help Drew Locke and give him a nice security blanket kind of passing off, to, And obviously, we're going to see Fant enhance and kind of become a little bit better in the second year for him. So there is a potential for this, and I don't hate the take. I would say it's, it's less likely for me to put him in the top 10. Um, but at the end of the year, if he's top 10 and, and, you know, Jerry Judy stepped up and like nobody got hurt. And like I said, everybody's just playing the way they're supposed to play. I'm not going to be that shocked. You know what I mean? It's not like it's that bold, but it is for me anyway. It's a little bit high for where I want to, I guess, put him, someone that risky.
0: Just just for the record, more likely top 10, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke?
2: In my opinion, I think Bridgewater is more likely top 10. But both of them have to have a lot of things go right. right? Okay. That's kind of both of their ceiling. And I don't hate either one of them. I'm not saying that, that Locke won't be top 10. I'm just saying more likely is Bridgewater for me.
0: Okay. So, so Rocky's takes better than stompy has got it. Okay. Uh, I, I've spoken <laughs> extensively on drew lock on uh, pretty much the entire DAP network. So Dustin, you have any drew lock thoughts before we move on to another one?
1: No, I, I think you guys hit it. Like we've, we've, we've beat uh, drew lock takes <laughs> d- d- dead on, on this podcast so far. Uh, you know, starting with Bobby and, and stompy and just having Hogue and all of them on. So yeah. um, like I, we're, we're, I, we're, we're good on drew lock we, we already yeah. know my opinion out there so
0: yeah i wanted to get andrew's take so we'll move on to andrew's bull prediction andrew why don't you give that and then we can talk about it
2: sure so I've, I've talked about this before this is kind of my go-to hot take for the non-point scoring season is that miles sanders will finish as a top three running back behind christian mccaffrey and saquon barkley is that hot That's-
0: uh, yeah. First of all, I, I love the boldness of it. I think that's bolder than a lot of the ones we did get. Uh, I mean, Sanders has definitely been a hyped guy, but I, I don't know that I've heard anyone else say number three after Barkley and CMC. Um, I, I, I'm the resident Eagles fan, so I'll let I'll let Dustin take this one, and then I'll chime in at the end.
1: I'm I love this take. I'm I'm starting to warm up to you know Sanders being a top top five they haven't brought anyone else in. And right at this point, there's not really anybody that I'd be worried about them bringing in now when they were talking about Hyde and all these other, and all these other players. Like I was, I was worried, but now that's all gone. There's, I mean, Devonta Freeman's the only other one out there, but I don't know that Devonta Freeman's the type that would scare me with, with, uh, Miles Sanders. So the writing is on the wall. And if you saw what, um, Daly said about him last week, um and the touches that they want they don't want to limit him to those touches like if he got those touches every game it was like they don't want to limit him to 20 carries and only five catches like they don't want to limit him to that like that's over 300 touches so if he gets anywhere close to that there's no way he's not up in that top that that discussion for the top five um and top three um yeah so it's interesting because everyone has zeke up there right now um but i i could easily see you know, there's just a lot of guys right there that could do it. Like yeah, Zeke, Dalvin, I th- I see bounce back from Kamara and I see Mixon could easily do that and then mm-hmm. there's Sanders. So like there's a lot of guys right there. But if he gets the 300 touches and produces the way that we know he can produce on those touches, like it's I could easily see that path.
2: Well, and, and I'll, I'll I'll kind of go with this too, the narrative that's I don't know, repeated over and over and kind of to death in my mind is that Doug Peterson doesn't rely on one running back. I mean, Yes and no. I don't know if he's had the kind of running back. It's always the chicken and egg, right? If you don't have a bell cow running back, you're not going to make one out of nowhere. You're not going to lean on. I mean, even he leaned on Jordan Jordan Howard. That didn't go so well, right? So everybody at the time was like, well, that's Jordan Howard, right? That's, that's who you're leaning on. Like, that's not a bell cow. We've already seen that. I'm not hating on Jordan Howard. I think he's a fine running back, but he showed when he was with the Bears, he really can't carry a team. And then you got Boston Scott, who's out there, obviously catching some passes and going to be kind of a gimmick play guy. But to me, Boston Scott is not a threat to Miles Sanders. So it's in my mind again, I, I, if you're looking at volume, you're looking at like you were just saying, if you can get 300 touches, I personally think that should be no problem. Again, as long as we have a full 16 game schedule and as long as there's not a whole lot of you know crazy delays or anything weird, you know, none of us are here to predict that because that's impossible to do. But You know, in a normal season, I'd be shocked if Miles Sanders doesn't get 300 touches. And at that volume, if he's going four and a half yards a carry and catching, you know, 85 balls out of the backfield, how is he not top three? Right. I mean, just looking at the pure numbers. I love Zeke. I love Kamara. I'm with you. I think he's going to bounce back. But, you know, behind the two stalwarts, CMC and Barkley, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, 12 months from now, hell, even five months from now, we're talking about Sanders is a top five back. And I'm like, let's just make it hotter. Let's throw some fuel in that and say top three. Why not?
1: Yeah, I mean, you got yeah, to be
0: bold. That's right. Yeah. And obviously, for the record, just because you mentioned it, we're obviously assuming 16 games get played and all these things. So, uh, you know, we can't, like you said, we can't predict that. And uh, I'm just going to say I don't want to belabor it. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the take. I definitely think it's, it's bold but not unrealistic. And uh, I, I've mentioned on this podcast previously that uh, I was a little hesitant as ADP about how high his value was, but uh, the further deeper we get into the non-point scoring season and and closer to the point scoring season, and they still have not brought in a Devontae Freeman or or anybody like that, it's hard to see how – He's not going to approach 300 touches if there's a full season. So uh, I, I love this take. It, it makes a lot of sense and and yet is still bold. So. Well,
2: and I'll I'll say this, too, for redraft leagues, I've got one keeper league that still has to draft. And I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of dynasty players that still play redraft in varieties. I think one of my, my favorite starts, if you're in that 8-9-10 spot in the draft order, is to get Mixon and Sanders. You know what I mean? Like you're looking at if Sanders falls to you back in that second round in redraft, running backs always matter more. So my logic is, if I can get Sanders as my second running back, that gives you a little bit of buffer to say, all right, he doesn't need to be top three because I didn't get him as a top three. Right. But at the same time, he could be. That's that upside in running back in your running back two slot is what McCaffrey was last year, right? That's the same kind of logic where he's got that ability to, to kind of stand out and show up this year. So, yeah, I'm I'm all about him and I'm trying to get him everywhere I can. So. Not every league, of course. Some people are higher than I am on him, but, you know, I'm willing to go out there and try.
0: Yeah, and I think he's got a lot more pass catching upside than, than a lot of guys, uh, even, you know, after the first couple. So um, so we'll get into at least a couple more here before we get into Find Me a Trade. Um, Well, you know, one I just wanted to kind of mention. I don't know that we need to talk about it because we talked about Eckler earlier. Um, but Stompy did also give us a second one, which is that Eckler will again finish in the top five running backs. Um, uh, Do either of you have any thoughts just before we move on to another one, just in relation to top five, is that ridiculous? Or do you think he might finish top five again?
1: I think it's ridiculous. Um, I, I easily, <laughs> I could see him doing it. There's just, like, I just listed a whole bunch of guys. Like I see Kamara bouncing back. He's like that contract year is a big motivator for these running backs. And we have, Cook, Aaron Jones, Mixon, and Kamara that are all free agents and and Fournette. Like, now he's not going to be top five, but like those other four are all in that, 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 that potential to be in the top five. And then you have Zeke, Kamara, or Zeke, Barkley, and McCaffrey. Like, there's seven, eight guys right there. And I, I, I I have trouble putting Eckler over any of them because I like all their situations, at least this year, better. Like, I know what. Like the quarterback situation is for all those teams, I don't know what that is with Tyrod. Like we we talked and we talked a lot about that at the beginning, but I just I can't put I can't put Eckler over any of those other guys, Sanders included. So like I I, I just can't do it. I, well, I see he's he's gonna, I see the potential, but
2: if he's saying he's going to finish as a top five running back, that's that's one of the hottest takes I've heard. Um, that's way hotter than the lock take, which is pretty hot. So, I mean, <laughs> Eckler finishing and doing all of that again and finishing as a top five running back, there were so many different situations that caused that to happen. And I just don't see that happening again. I'm not going to say it won't happen because it's just as likely to happen as not right. None of us are that, that on the fire on this and knowing what's going on, but I, I definitely think Eckler is a top 10. Uh, I could see that, but top five is, I mean, that's pretty bold. It's right up there with Sanders as top three, right? So like, that's, yeah. that's a ceiling. So I don't know if he does it again. That's gonna to be tough.
0: And here's another one that I that I think is, is pretty bold, but but not crazy. Um, which was from uh Josh Josh Valentin from the uh the fantasy timeline, and he says that Dak is QB two this season. He's got Mahomes is QB one, so over Lamar Jackson, over anybody else you want to put up there, uh I, I will uh, put a little asterisk next to this saying Josh is a Cowboys fan, but uh, Dak, Dak did finish very well last year. Do we think he can be QB two with Mahomes and Lamar in the equation? Not to mention, you know, some of the other guys, Deshaun, Kyler, everybody we talked about earlier.
2: Well, I'll start on this one. I, I think – If you're going to say QB two, you're going to pick one of Mahomes or Lamar ahead of him. And this take specifically says over Lamar, which means Mahomes is number one. I feel more comfortable with this take saying Dak is QB two and kind of letting the world decide who's number one. Uh, (laughs) Saying that Mahomes is one and that Dak will finish above Lamar. That to me is a little bit more specific and a little bit tougher to hit. I'm not going to say it's a bad take. I am high on Dak. Don't get me wrong. I think with all the weapons they've got and you still got Zeke, like we obviously haven't talked about him much and we're, we're kind of knocking him down the numbers. It sounds like, um, <laughs> but he's still going to be a threat and you've got, obviously you got Cooper, you got Gallup and now they got CD lamb. I just think that that team is, is poised to take over and you know, Jerry Jones never rebuilds, right? They, they always go win now. And I think with Dak being in this kind of contract year, quote unquote on the uh, franchise tag, I think he's going to go out there and show that he's worth more than Mahomes. And or at least more than, you know, definitely worth more money-wise than Lamar. But I wouldn't be shocked at the end of the season if he finishes number two behind Lamar, and Mahomes is the one that regresses. So that's kind of where my version on that take is. If you're picking him over Lamar, that seemed a little tougher, but I don't mind putting him at QB2. I think that's, again, that's where his ceiling is.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely a possibility. I mean, what was he last year, QB3, QB4, something like that? So yeah. it's not it's not a crazy take. And uh, it's yeah, just the the you know Mahomes' efficiency and, and and the Lamar rushing upside makes it a little difficult. But he 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 was right there last year, um, so we're getting along. So I'm gonna unless Dustin has anything he wants to say, I'm gonna move on to at least one more here, and then we might get into find me a trade. And there's one I wanted to mention. Actually, there might be two more, but one I definitely wanted to mention because I think it may be the boldest take that we got from any of the analysts that sent it in. Which is another guy we talked about earlier, uh, and none of us were super high on him. But I don't know that any of us were this low on him either. So John Hogue at Superflex, dude, says Kenyon Drake will finish as the RB three on his own team. Wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> and I did, bold. that is bold. And I did ask him when he sent me that to me, and he said that uh, yeah, he thinks Edmonds will finish ahead of him and either Eno or a free agent will, will be signed and we'll finish ahead of them. So wow. does, does anybody think that's even possible? Well, it's definitely I, possible.
2: I but I don't think, yeah, I think... injury. Yeah, like given a crazy situation, I know, I really don't. I, I love <laughs> it though. I love that bold. That is the boldest take I've yeah. heard in all non-point scoring season. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't think there's any way with, without an injury. Like if, if everybody on the team played... 16 that there's any way that drake is is the running back yeah three he didn't
0: team. say he thought drake was getting injured or anything like that
1: he just that was his take i mean i i can <laughs> buy into that he might be the running back two on the team like i like Edmonds that much like i'm probably wrong which is why i did not make that hot take but <laughs> i i don't see how eno passes him like with no preseason no offseason like not being able to be established or work at all with the offense. Like, I don't even if they sign
2: Freeman or something like I don't see a a running back off the street at this stage. I mean, that's that's bold right there. Just to say that you can even say that would be a bolder take is that Devonta Freeman will finish as the RB2 on the Cardinals behind Chase Edmonds. Like, that's a bold like, oh, my goodness! So, I mean, (laughs) there's going to have to be some crazy amount of weirdness. But I don't think anybody in the industry is predicting that one.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And like I said at the beginning of this, kind of the idea of this is to, to go to extremes to give your viewpoints on a player. And I think that might be kind of what he was doing here. He might be even more down on Drake than, than Dustin and I were earlier. And and he used this to illustrate that point. I, I don't see any way he's RB3 on, on the team, barring an injury. But uh, it's definitely an interesting one. And I, I am going to do one more because I wanted to get this one in because it's another bold one. It's actually kind of two combined together. And it's from uh, Gabe Gehring uh, from, from the open bar. And he says that Terry McLaurin finishes as a top five wide receiver and Haskins finishes as a top 10 quarterback. Dustin, what are your thoughts? That's
1: very, <laughs> very bold. Um, yes. uh, I love I Gabe. The boldest for last. <laughs> I, yeah, and I know we talked about McLaurin on the open bar yesterday. And I, I love McLaurin. I just... There's there's some elite elite guys up there and I don't see him passing like being elite and we've already put
0: like a bunch of non-top
1: ten and so guys into the top ten. So (laughs) this is gonna be top ten this year. (laughs) Now his has his Haskin ones his Haskins one makes sense if he really thinks McLaurin's going to be top five. Because, like, for McLaurin to be top five, Haskins has to be a top 10
2: quarterback. That was going to be my point. They have to go together because you don't get yeah. one without the other. Really, you don't even get Haskins in the top 10 unless McLaurin, who is pretty much their only catcher other than maybe Steven Sims, like, you can't do one without the other, right? You ha- They're like peanut butter and jelly, these two takes. You know, they just go perfect together because you can't do it without the other guy. Right yep. there with you.
1: Yeah, but I, I think I, I, I'm not moving him over over those top guys. Like I can't move him over Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, like all those guys. I I just can't do it. Like Chris Godwin, Godwin old, yeah. uh, DJ Moore, like any of those guys. Uh, Galladay, I, I yeah. It's just
2: too much risk right now with that offense. I mean, honestly, Haskins is going to have to take a massive leap forward. Um, if you had McLaurin top five. And then kind of said, whoever the quarterback is, right. If it was like Alex Smith or uh, Kyle Allen, like they've got some other guys that could potentially take that job, but to kind of do both and, and just sort of put you're like, all right, well I'm going all in on this duo and just let's see how it goes. Cause I think that's, I would even go, that's above their ceilings, right. <laughs> We're in the attic at this point. So that's pretty bold. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I, I love the
2: take on, cause
0: I'm a big McLaren fan and, and uh, you, you know, the, Quarterbacks will definitely make their biggest jump from the rookie year. I mean, I, I'd feel more confident if maybe they had bought, brought in some kind of offensive guru, like the way I think it was um, uh, Goff's second year that McVay came in and he made the big jump when everyone thought he was trash after his rookie year. But it, it's hard to see either one happening because, like you guys said, if Haskins isn't a top 10 quarterback, it's going to be almost impossible for for McCorn to be top five.
2: Well, it's but, a coaching change, too. So, I mean, like, there's a whole bunch of question marks on that right. team. They don't even have a, a name right now. I mean, geez, like, <laughs> Washington that's football the whole, team. <laughs> I love football team, right? Like, that's just <laughs> my favorite football team is football team. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it just, it makes me nervous, I guess, with something like that. But that's what these are about, right? Putting your flag on a guy and just saying, here's what I think is going to happen. I love it.
0: Yep. Yep. I love that one, too. Uh, okay. So, we'll now move on to find me a trade before we finish up here find me a trade this one was submitted by jeremy hayes at jhayes hayes 719 on twitter it's a 12 team one qb league there's no ppr this is standard i I said to dustin i didn't even know people played standard anymore (laughs) and there's also obviously no tight end premium then it's a 20-man roster well i think they cut down to a 20-man roster by the season Start nine, a QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, two flex, and a defense. And this was an orphan he took over in 2018. Uh, said he finished eighth last year, but reshaped the team some more this offseason. Picked up as four first. Not sure if he's a true contender or not, and if he should use those first to build the team up more this year. So... Uh, Uh Oh, and one thing I wanted to mention before we get into his roster is I keep meaning to do this every week and I keep forgetting to do it, but just if you want to submit to find me a trade, all you have to do is DM it to me at DynastyFFAddict or Dustin at DynastyJunkEFF or the pod. Uh, at Dynasty Junkies so uh, people have asked us that before you know how do I submit so that that's what you do just DM us and we can get you on the show we have a few in the pipeline but we'll get you on as soon as possible if you want to send a roster over and MFL is the easiest but this is a sleeper league and we can do sleeper and flea flicker as well so that business out of the way Dustin you give the roster and then Andrew will go into your trade first
1: yeah, so so at quarterback he's got he's got Dak and Breeze. So in a one quarterback league, I love that. Like, yeah, Breeze probably is last year, but like in a one quarterback league, you can find a backup quarterback. At uh, running back, he's got Saquon, um, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, then he has Latavius Murray, Cream Hunt, and then he has like Daryl Williams, Mike Boone, AJ Dillon, and that's. It um none on this taxi right there. At wide receiver, he's got Galladay, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and then he has Mike Williams, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Brown, then he has Debo, Corey Davis, Michael Pittman, and Denzel Mims. So he's got a pretty young, deep wide receiving core outside of uh Thielen. And then at tight end, he has Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, then he has Ian Thomas, Chris Herndon, Rob Gronkowski and TJ Hawkinson. So he's stacked at tight end. Um, and then Minnesota defense not doesn't really play here, but there we go.
2: Andrew, you want to give your trade first? Sure. So uh, when I look at this team, the first thing I see is kind of what you hit on there, Dustin, is he's he's got Dak and Drew, Drew Brees as his quarterbacks. My first thought is, well, okay, those are great quarterbacks, but Breeze may not play past this year. I like to have a bench quarterback that's a younger guy with some upside. So that's kind of something I would target in a trade. Uh, when you got Saquon, DeAndre Swift, Latavius Murray, Kareem Hunt, I think your, your drop-off from your RB1 to your RB2 with Swift, there's some question marks there. He's a rookie, of course. We don't know how his performance is going to be. So in my head, I'm like, well, he's a little weak at running back. I would say running back two, obviously Barkley. You Nobody's know, weak with Barkley uh yeah. receiver you've got i think you're exactly right there dustin he's got a good young core and has a lot of potential on this team with uh with his rookies that he took on so i don't think he's really needing a lot at receiver and he actually has maybe some extra assets there and then tight end is the best position on his entire roster he's got five tight ends for a start one league um i've i've got one league where it's the same for me where i just kind of collected them and then their value is really low because nobody really needs them uh so it ends up becoming kind of an extra asset that you don't need I would assume that he picked up Gronkowski for next to nothing at some point. Again, we don't know all the trades or all the bad drops or whatever. But my first thought when I saw this roster, like I said, I'd be looking for a young quarterback. I'd be looking for a running back too. And then maybe using one of my tight ends and receivers to kind of get that done. So the trade that I I built was a little bit on the smaller side. But I would think uh, there's another guy in the league, P.A. Hausman, who looks to be kind of not the same, but he's got some issues at receiver and could use a tight end. And I can kind of go into that roster a little bit, but like a receiver, this other guy, uh, PA Hausman has Devonte Adams, DK Metcalf, Robbie Anderson. So it kind of drops off right there already. And then you get Deshaun Jackson, Larry Fitzgerald, Sterling Shepard, Demarcus Robinson, like some blah names on the bench. So I'm like, okay, well, let's trade. Oh, and while I'm there, actually, let's do this. His, his tight ends are Dallas Goddard, which I think we're all a fan of, at least in dynasty, he's kind of the heir apparent there. But after him, he's got Gerald Everett and that's it. So my logic was, okay, looking at this team, I don't think he's win now. I I mean, again, there is a chance. Everybody has a chance. But I'd be getting rid of Gronk if I could. I'd try to sell as high as I can on Gronk. So I would trade away Gronk and Curtis Samuel for Rojo, who he's got on his bench, and Sam Darnold. So I know it's a one-quarterback league, so you're not going to get a true value on that quarterback. And I know a bench quarterback is not worth a lot, but given his team and, and the way that's made up, you're not going to spend those four firsts on a quarterback in a one QB league. And almost every, even if, um, was it Trevor Lawrence comes out, right? Or Justin Field, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to be one of the first round picks you use. And I'd rather save that for running back and, and everything like that. So my logic again is hold the first. Let's not trade any of those. Just wait to see the season, how it plays out. But getting rid of Samuel, getting rid of Gronk, for someone like Rojo, who we just heard, of course, today is going to be the bell cow, what that's been said before. And then your bench quarterback and Darnold. I think that's kind of where I would go. It's not the massive trade, but I think it's something that makes sense for both teams and would get done. What do you think?
0: I like the process behind this. Uh, I agree. I'm not, I'm not necessarily targeting uh quarterback in a, in a 1QB league, but... I mean, if you're trading Curtis Samuel for a quarterback, I'm not that worried about it, which is essentially what you're doing here because I think the uh, you know the the value on the other parts are f- somewhat even as well. So the only you know, the particular player, as Dustin will tell you, is not what I'd be looking for as I have been anti-Rojo for a very long time. So I don't love to trade for that reason. Uh, if there was a more Rojo value type player, I, I'd be more on board. But, but if I you own like, Rojo,
2: wouldn't you be willing to move him off that? Like, would, if you still had Rojo oh, on your I would move roster, him, yeah. You, I'm yeah just so saying, there are plenty of guys like bringing you Rojo
0: there. to this guy's team. That's <clears> oh, I know,
2: I know. I'm using <laughs> the logic of the other owner maybe like you right. and not liking oh, him. Right, 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 right. And therefore, he may be willing to trade him for less than, than usual. Now, the only, the only downside only isn't right, but one of the downsides to this is that obviously you'd be trading Curtis Samuel to the guy that has Robbie Anderson.
1: So you'd right. have to kind of
2: you'd have to overcome having two receivers, but I just think it's a small enough trade. You know, you're getting Darnold, who is seeing ghosts and nobody likes, so I think has a ton of upside. Rojo, again, if he is the guy, he's got a ton of upside, and then you're getting rid of Gronk, who maybe has a year if that. You know, maybe you can get some value for that guy. Some guys are really high on him. I was actually on Fighting Chance Live a week or two ago, and we didn't have him in our top 12 and there was a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter. Everybody was like, how do you miss Gronk? What the heck? It's like, no, I didn't miss him. I left him off. I don't think he's top 12, but there are guys out there that have him ranked top six, top five this year and more power to you, but in dynasty, I can't do it. So I'm just thinking, get rid of that asset. Maybe move. if, If not Curtis Samuel, maybe Mike Williams gets it done. One of those bench receivers, you've got plenty of young guys coming up around him, but that was kind of my thought.
0: And yeah, like I said, I mean, if if this guy, the the guy who sent us the uh, the roster, likes Rojo, it makes a lot of sense. So um, I just don't particularly happen to like Rojo, and never have. But That's like fine. I said, I like I like the process. I just don't like the player. Uh, Dustin, any thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm fine with the deal. Like I'm right there. Like he could move Gronk and not and not lose any sleep at, at a sided position. Like he doesn't need Gronk. He'll probably never play Gronk. There's probably three tight ends on this team. I like over Gronk already. So I'm definitely fine giving it up. I actually like Curtis Samuel. So like, I'm fine giving up another one of those young receivers if it has to, but I'm not going to lose sleep if I have to give up Curtis Samuel. Um, I like buying Darnold low. Um, at first, like when you had, cause you had a couple trades on there. I was first, I was like trying to understand like why you're pushing quarterbacks so much, but it makes sense that, you know, he's going to need someone to, to replace breeze next year. So I, I love uh, getting Darnold and I think he's pretty cheap right now. And I, I, I think that he'll still have a down year this year. And then next year is when he's really going to, when Gase is gone, we'll see Darnold really like start to show a little bit. Um, So that's where I'm at. So I like, I like the deal. I like the process. I I don't hate Rojo as much as Rocky does either. So um, I'm, I'm all for it.
0: Okay, and I'll go I'll go into mine next, um, which is, and again, we, it's funny, all three of us, because like you said, like Andrew said, this guy is kind of loaded with startable tight ends. Each one of us traded away a tight end in our trade because he's got so much there. And I kind of went with, I, I actually, my ideal trade was that I was trying to look for initially. I was willing to move this first. I think he does have a pretty decent team um he said he thinks he's probably top I don't think I know if I put this in the notes but he said he told me that he thinks he's probably top half uh not sure if he's a true contender but I think he could be and I especially think in this COVID season anybody who's even in the in the mix as a you know possible playoff team should just be looking to think they can possibly contend because who knows what can happen so I was actually looking to try and trade some first for a stud but the the, the the talent is pretty evenly distributed over this league, so it didn't work out too well. There's a few teams that are pretty weak, but they had no stud that they, that they could then sell off. So what I did was I tried to basically, uh, mentioning the COVID thing again, is get them some depth for now and for the future, um, which was trading Hayden Hurst. I would do Gronk as well. If, if the guy that he's trading him to values Gronk more, uh, I'm fine with trading either of them in this trade or Gronk in a 2021 first to team uh, Havoc 917 for Darius Slayton, Marvin Jones and a 2021 second. Now I don't know for a fact, this guy has a 2021 second because we can't see picks on sleeper, but I'm just going to assume he is. If not, maybe you can find a player that's that's second value. Cause I think you need a little more back when you're thrown in that first, but uh, with four first, I'm generally a little more free to move one, especially if I am trying to win and, uh, I like getting the depth. I We've always been a pro Marvin Jones pod here since the beginning. Uh, he's He's got wide, low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two upside with Stafford at least for 2020. Darius Slayton is a guy that, that you have for the long run. Uh, I like him a lot. I mentioned him on the open bar pod last night. Uh, they were asking who might be next at receiver and – Uh, he's definitely got a path to to being even the wide receiver one there, depending the draft next year um, with Tate moving on and Shepard not being that great. So, and then you get the second back to kind of even out the value. Um, So he gets a little wide receiver depth. Like Andrew said, he's got some decent receivers, but I I don't think he's amazing there. So I don't think it can hurt to have the depth, especially like I said in in a COVID season where we don't know what's going to happen. So Andrew, what are your thoughts on my trade?
2: Well, I'm I'm with you. I like the Slayton Jones and second side. I mean, in all honesty, there are, I can't tell you how many trades I've been involved with where somebody wants a first and I ask for a second back and, and a player like you're just doing here, like where you just trade back in the draft and switch players. And it seems like people look at that and go, yeah, but I'm getting the first. Yeah, but you're giving up a second, right? So like, that's almost like a sneaky upside pick because there, as we just saw this season, there's a lot of great value still in the second round. So if you've got four of them, I don't mind at all moving back around to get an upgrade at, at Slayton. And I think Jones is another great piece, too. And Hurst, you're not going to miss Hurst or Gronk either way. You've got enough depth. You're not going to miss it. So I definitely I would smash except on that Slayton Jones second side in a heartbeat. If it, were, if it were my team, I would love that uh, just because I don't think there's any necessary negative, you know, getting rid of an extra tight end and an extra first. I don't hate it at all.
0: And I still think it's something that can get done, too, because the guy I was trading him to, I, I don't have his roster up here in front of me, but if I remember correctly, he has, like, I think Doyle is his best tight end. So Hurst or Gronk is probably a slight upgrade on
2: that. Well, and, so I, I've got his team up. He's actually got Matt Ryan, so Hurst would be a good double dip. Sometimes people like that. They like the stack. He's also got John O Smith and Will Disley, so he's not hurting at tight end, but he doesn't have that guy he can lean on, and I think Hurst is, you're right, Hurst is his, would be his best tight end. And depending on and I, how we high, how high he is on Gronk, that would be you know same kind of logic. So yeah, I I think the the depth receivers the other guys got Jalen Rager and Jacoby Myers and Akeem Butler like some guys that are a little bit spotty. So he may not be as willing to give up Slayton and Jones, but I still think that's a good start to to ask for. I think there is a potential that he'd say yes to that.
0: And if I remember correctly, since you have his team up and I don't, I'm pretty sure he's loaded in his starting lineup at receiver. It's just, he doesn't yeah. have as much depth if he trades those guys away. Am I
2: correct? Yeah. His starting lineup for receivers, he's got Julio and Michael Thomas. Like that's a and nice he, two. I think Odell Odell his flex. Flex. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's a solid three. They're never leaving his lineup. So he doesn't need depth as much with that kind of a lineup. But I mean, again, I, if it were my team and that's how I had it, I don't know if I'd accept it, but I know there are guys out there that will.
0: And it at least starts the conversation. I think it's something that could, if not get accepted, get something done
1: maybe. Dustin, any thoughts on that one before we move to yours? No. I mean, you guys know I love Marvin Jones and I like Slayton a lot. So um, I'm all for that for that deal. Um, I like it a lot. Okay. Let's get to yours then and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish up here. So I'm changing mine on the fly here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I think – I, I think uh, our, the team here is is a pretty has a pretty good shot at contending. Um, I don't love the running back room though. So it has Saquon Swift, and then it has Murray and Cream Hunt. Like that's it, and then like AJ Dillon, whatever you think on that. Um, and we all agree that he's loaded at, at tight end. So I'm changing mine. I originally had Hayden Hurst for Nikhil Harry, but now that I'm like looking and talking more through like he has enough wide receivers that he doesn't need to go get Nikhil Harry. He needs a running back. So I actually have him trading Hayden Hurst to PAMOS 2315, PAMOS 2315 for James White. Um, I think James White's super cheap and he's not a sexy name, but he's going to, he's going to produce, he's going to put up points. People love him. And like I'm selling that, that, Increased potential value that Hayden Hurst has right now to 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 go get another running back the guy that um, he'd be trading him to has uh, Mike Kusecki which I love but the only other tight ends on his roster right now Are Luke Wilson and Ross Dwelly like nobody else at tight end so he definitely needs tight end help Um, And he's he's fine at running back. He's got Jacobs. He's got uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire Um, He has Tevin Coleman, and he has Miles Sanders. So, James White is his fifth running back right now. And you might be losing a little bit of value, maybe get a third back on the deal. But, you know, James White is a guy that you will flex uh, put in your flex spot. Um, So, I like like getting uh, Movement Hurst. You're not going to notice he's gone. He's got a little bit of value bump right now. And go out and get a guy that just produces on the field. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I, I I like that one. I uh, like you said, uh, just like I said with the first, with the, with them having the five tight ends that 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 are all in similar range. Uh, I'm fine trading any of them, even if you're not getting back full value, like you said, get a third thrown back, something like that. James White is is sort of eternally underrated. He's generally finishing in the RB two range most years. And uh, well, well, this isn't PPR, so th- that is a little bit of a downgrade. I forgot about that. So that that...
2: makes him more of a target to me, like not to interrupt, but I think James White is probably going to be he's a guy that this this owner of James White is like, I don't get the PPR bonus out of him. Right. I don't need him. Even in non PPR, he's still an RB2 or flex option, which is exactly what what uh, this this team needs. Right. What Jay Hayes needs is a a running back to fill in and to kind of get in the gaps between the other players when they're all struggling. So I, I think that's actually a terrific trade. And I would definitely take the James White side there, too. So I love that, Dustin.
1: And now that I'm thinking through it, like the guy needs tight ends, like you could probably get this done for like a, you know, you could give him your Ian Thomas or something like that. And I might even throw right in a third potentially. Right. I might yeah, even Ian throw Thomas, a third or something. Yeah. Ian Thomas in a third for James White being in a non PPR league and you still keep Hurst to do one of these other deals that you guys mentioned. Like there is potential to do two deals right there. Um, but that he, that other team needs tight ends pretty significantly so I would definitely target him and get, get James White back and get one of your tight ends if you can, to make that deal work.
0: Yeah. I'd be more inclined to throw in the third or something like that. If it was Ian Thomas, if, I, if right. I'm trading Hurst or Gronk, I, I might want something a little on top of James White and non PPR. He like said he still has value in non PPR, but uh, I might want like, like Dustin said the third or, or if you can work a second, maybe throw back a third or something like that. But um, good trades overall, I think this week. So, um that that about does it for for our show this week so just um before we give our do our business here and uh give all our twitter handles and the like andrew why don't you just uh again throw out there you know what you're doing your twitter handle and 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 plug anything you want to plug
2: sure yeah so again my twitter handle is pretty much my name it's at andrew hall ff I write for Pro Football Network, uh, PFN 365. We've got our own dynasty handle and do a lot of dynasty coverage throughout the year at at PFN Dynasty. Uh, Always cranking out a ton of good content. I know one of the guys on our team, Tommy Garrett, came in second place in Scott Fishbowl 9 last year. So he's the best loser, as I call him. Uh, in case you yeah, haven't
0: we, heard, I was also a finalist in Scott Fishbowl Nine. That that has to be mentioned every third episode on here. So
2: I was trying to one up you and say this guy came in second, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did not do that well. Uh, but I'm in it this <laughs> year and hopefully have a better had had a better draft. That's for sure. But yeah, so I'm I'm writing for Pfn. I I do probably one article or so a week. Um, obviously, just trying to target whatever's new, whatever's fresh, and uh, doing every everything in the power that I can to get anybody that follows me, anybody that listens to me, is a better chance to win. So I love trade questions. You tag me in any polls you want. I'm I'm not going to be the guy that says stop tagging me, uh, but yeah, just bring it on, and I'll help out anyway can. DMs are open, and uh, yeah, just at Andrew Hall FF.
0: Great, great, and then just just for the record, and for Dustin, that 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 was a joke because it's become such a thing. I don't really need to say that I'm in Scott the Scott Fishbowl Nine Finals every other episode. Anyway, um, so we're gonna just sign off here. Give our Twitter handles again. I'm Dynasty FF Addict. Dustin's at Dynasty Junkie FF. The pod is at Dynasty Junkies. Um, Follow the DAP Network at DAP underscore network. Please, if you like what you heard tonight, and uh, Andrew did a great job helping us out here, um, give us a a subscribe and a rate and review. The rate and reviews really help. Let us uh, know what you think. Get us out to more people. So we'd really appreciate that. Do the same for the DAP Network. And uh, hopefully you'll also tune in next week. And That's all we got. So Dustin give it to Chunkie's
1: him. out